Welcome back to another exciting episode of the PPC Show brought to you by AdStage. I'm your host, J.D. Prater, Director of Growth Marketing at AdStage. And this week, I'm joined by Ben Childs, President of Digital Reach Agency, to get a better understanding of what it's like running a B2B SaaS demand gen agency. Stay tuned in this episode because we're going to be talking about the B2B marketing trends that you should be aware of and the tactics that are working really well for generating demand. As always, you can find the BBC show on Apple Podcast and now Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and wherever you get your podcast. Let's get to the show. Ben, welcome to the BBC show. Thank you for having me, JD. Yeah, man, really uh, excited to have you here because we're in person. Uh, ben is right here in AdStage HQ. But uh, before we get going too much further, give us a quick uh, who you are and what you got going on. Yeah, so my name is Ben Childs. I'm the president of Digital Reach Agency. So we're a inbound digital firm that works with uh, exclusively B2B SaaS and tech companies. So that's why I'm here at AdStage, have a close relationship, and I think we work on a lot of similar things. So we have about 30 people on a remote team dispersed nationwide. So uh, it's really beneficial because I can just get great talent at great non-San Francisco prices. <laughs> yeah, no joke, man. Uh, San Francisco does have some high pricing. That is for sure. Uh, we like to pay people out here because the cost of living is just ridiculous. If you can make 120 k and pay your rent, more power to you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's why I live in Oakland. <laughs> but uh, no, so... Fantastic. We're going to have a great show for you guys out there listening. We're going to be talking some B2B SaaS, demand gen. So you B2C commerce people. There'll be lessons. There'll be some lessons, but just know we're going to be talking B2B demand gen. So, uh, But before we get going, man, I would love to just kind of learn more about how you got started and where you are kind of like hoping to go in the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. So I uh, got started, uh, like a lot of people, at just kind of a really small, honestly, kind of a chop shop agency where I was making 120 dials a day, trying to sign up like super small mom and pop companies. And they charged a huge setup fee. And then they didn't really didn't care if people stayed. They're just trying to cash checks. And I don't mind saying that because they're not around anymore <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> That's right. But after about a year, I kind of... Uh, looked in the mirror and I was like, I got to stop doing this. So um, didn't really have a lot of job offers because I was an English major that graduated in 2009, which is about the worst major in the worst year (laughs) to ever graduate. Uh, So I said, I know how to do one thing. So I just started, I, I went to Radio Shack, plugged a magic jack into my computer, got one of those like legitimate hang up old timey phones. And uh, just started calling small businesses and uh, went from there, signed people up, and it was onward and upward. Nice, nice. Uh, For those that don't know, so my wife is also an English major in 2009, and so she actually has a decent job as well. And so, hey, you know, we can do it. I was a history major, so more power to... I had to start my own. That's right. (laughs) This is America. This is America. That's right. But hey, we can do it. Arts and humanities for the wins. So, uh, well, cool, man. Let's kind of jump into some of the things. You're a B2B agency, you know, really working in SaaS, really working in tech, based here in San Francisco. So you're like front lines, man. Like you are seeing things and the trends uh, come up faster than a lot of us can even keep up with. And really, when you compare it to like maybe a lot of across the U.S., right? I mean, this is really where a lot of things happen. So 
What are some things that you think we need to be aware of when we think about B2B demand gen? What are some trends that you're seeing crop up? Anything mm -hmm. that we should have on our radar? Yeah, so some of this is going to be uh, demand gen um, in particular. Some of it's going to be just working with B2B clients because that's what a lot of my role is. And I think it's beneficial whether you work at an agency or in-house to learn how to do that. Um, so the just kind of um, service-wise or discipline-wise, I think you're seeing a lot of ABM, so account-based marketing. So that's one of the benefits of being in San Francisco is I'm going to the demand-based summit. I'm going to the Topo summit. You know, a lot of people go to Serious Decisions and Dreamforce, but... You know, I'm going to some ABM specific conferences. Every client that I have um, has ABM software rattling around whether they use it or they don't. <laughs> um, so really I define ABM as not spending a dollar on someone who won't be your client. So in terms of what we do with SEO, SEM, web development, marketing automation, CRM, we have to always keep that in mind that at the end of the day, um, we have to show the client the money and the fact that we had influence on accounts that they actually care about. Hmm. Um, you know, we just had a conversation this morning. We brought you all this great SEO traffic, yada, yada, yada. Well, you can't really do that anymore. You have to actually drive it back to how it helped both in close one revenue and then how it helped in terms of influencing their top accounts. Yeah, that one... I'd love to spend more time on, let, let's dive into that one with ABM. I mean, we see it all the time, right? Cropping up left and right. There's lots of software tools now that are just focused on this account-based marketing. You know, LinkedIn, yeah. even in their ads platform, has this ABM type of solution for really going after. So whenever you're thinking about like tactics and you're really trying to think about implementing this, what are some of your like go-to networks or even just kind of like playbooks that you like to go and implement? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, when we talk to people about their ABM strategy, the only real solution to a lot of the problems is software. Yeah. So when you're kind of coordinating your strategy, it's, it's not a question of what you're doing. It's a question of what software is going to fill in what you need to do. You know, what are you missing from your tech stack? Um, so a lot of what we're doing is cleaning up CRM data. Um, making sure that everything's tracking correctly. Um, because if you're B2C and you have a three-minute sales cycle or someone signs up with their credit card, pretty obvious. You know, if you're working with a year-long sales cycle, you really need to go in and make sure you have clean data. Um, from a ad network perspective, we love LinkedIn um, because we can target people by persona. You know, we work with a big data company that... Uh, works in AWS, manipulating things in EC2 with automated bidding. <laughs> Took me two hours to figure out what they actually do. <laughs> CMO had to say it a couple times over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Uh, but now that we know that, we know exactly who they're advertising for. And those people aren't picking up the phone. You know, <laughs> those people, you know, you can't exactly knock on their door. So just targeting them exclusively in LinkedIn has been a really big benefit. And you know, you kind of spread it around several networks and just see what happens. Yeah. Do you have any advice for for companies like that are? Do you think? Excuse you, me. See what happens in a targeted, there you go. <laughs> tested way, not just 
shotgun budget. There you go. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have that targeted, tested way for ABM. With um, we used to do that where we threw it up in the air, but well, I think everyone's still doing it, and I'd say the majority of us still are, right? I think if you're running a good paid campaign, you should probably have about. 10% of your ad spend just kind of tossed up to see which way the wind blows. Oh, wow. That's the best way to scale it. That's the best way to figure out how to not go to a network. Um, so I think that's one thing that, um, especially people that are in-house um, miss, is you can get so granular in terms of the metrics that lead to your KPIs. Sometimes I think when you're talking to you know the big bosses, there's some education that needs to happen around this is a test we're doing for this month. I'm sorry if this money gets lit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> but this is how it works. Yeah. And I'll, I'll touch on that one uh, in just a second because I think that's a really good one to kind of pick back up on as far as like testing goes and networks go. Um, but with ABM, a question that I had for you was are there certain types of companies that it works better in? Like, do you see that? Like merely you should be enterprise or do you think every B2B should like approach their, uh, you know, yeah. their tactics that way? You need a high ticket sale. So your, you know, the goal is to have um, essentially less leads, but way better leads mm -hmm. that convert at higher prices. Mm -hmm. And the delta in the um, both decrease in kind of the incoming as well as the delta in the increase in terms of the average contract value needs to make sense. So if your ACV is like less than 30 grand for 12 months, like you definitely shouldn't be doing it. Gotcha. But you can do it lightly. Like you can get something like Engageo or Sales Loft, which does kind of advanced sales plays. You know, that's just becoming really table, table stakes to be doing sales anyway. Um, but in terms of throwing it all out and redoing your entire program not everybody can or should do it cool cool um let, let, let's touch on this now so we talked about some experimental budgets you know one thing i've always kind of subscribed to is the 70 20 10 right 70 percent we know is going to work it's tried and true we've got like a 20 percent where we're going to be doing some testing within the 10 percent so it's like experimental like yeah we have that's no idea light that's it on perfect. fire yeah. right it could just completely suck but it allows to test new you know new platforms yeah especially uh, i was just at smx advanced a couple weeks ago and man like everyone's talking about diversifying budgets yeah that's another thing you have to contend with yeah. is for us um, there's a there's a push and pull with every agency of um, doing what you're good at, but satisfying clients' needs and wants. And so um, that's one thing you need to take into account is it's not like it used to be where there was like, this is your AdWords budget. This is your SEO budget. You know, this is, you know, your email marketing budget. Really the way it should have always worked, but now we're really getting the type of infrastructure to go after that is all these budgets are fluid. Mm -hmm. If you have 22 options, you don't just do SEO by default. Um, you know, maybe you take an educated look at it and you're like, you know what, we should just put this money on Twitter. Like there's an opportunity cost for everything. Mm -hmm. um, so to, to your point, um, figuring out what those networks are that you should move away from and go to. This is actually, we talked earlier about metrics. One of my favorite metrics across any paid channel is going to be your impression share. 
I think that's underrated <laughs> because in terms of your 70, 20, 10, you know, we can look at keyword optimizations. We can look at your messaging. We can look at all these things. If at the end of the day, you put them all up on the whiteboard and you say, oh, AdWords is performing best for us. And you don't mention that you have a 50% impression share. You're going to make some bad decisions as opposed to just shoving more money into AdWords. <laughs> gotcha. I like that one. That's a good hot take. Um, <laughs> I like it. With um, Whenever you kind of think through that. So you mentioned like SEO um, and some other things that you also mentioned. You talked about like close one revenue. I mean, do you see that as, you know, definitely B2B SaaS people? Uh, I, I know I'm starting to feel this pressure as well. It's like marketers are being held to lower funnel metrics. You know, yep. it's like yep. leads don't cut it anymore. I mm -hmm. mean, do you, do you feel that with, you know, with your clients as well? Yeah, some of our favorite clients have talked their bosses out of not doing that. I love it. <laughs> of course. I love course. it. They're like, after the lead, I don't care. And it's like, great. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Uh, but uh, with the fluid budgets that we are talking about um, comes the responsibility of what's making us money. And so that is a whole can of worms in terms of the implications of that. Obviously, ABM is created out of that, mm -hmm. um, but you know, in terms of what you guys do at AdStage and, and something that we focus on is um, we can show someone. What happened is we were working with a, a hardware company that was in, uh, I think they're in Redwood City, okay. and we were doing great. We showed them all these increases in conversions and de decreases in cost per clicks across AdWords, across LinkedIn. We showed up in the meeting put up a great Excel spreadsheet um, on the wall and said, look at all this stuff. And he was just like, okay, yeah, but this cell is blank. And we're like, what? And he's like, how much money did we make? And we're like, oh, it's not about that. It's about leads. And he's like, yo, I'm going to walk in this board meeting and get fired. <laughs> we spent like 200K this quarter and I don't have a gigantic budget, but like, what can I tell them? And we were just like, oh. And then we got fired. Deservedly so. <laughs> Dang. Wow. That's but that a, really opened our eyes yeah. in terms of like, yeah, the CEO is not like looking at SEO with a warm, fuzzy feeling. He needs to make money. Yeah. For his next round of funding, for, you know, their shareholders. They're not looking at leads and saying, wow, good job, guys. This doesn't make us money, but we love you. Yeah. That's... You know, that's something that ultimately we're hoping, you know, to help marketers with, right? I mean, this, is, yeah. this is something we're trying to help with ad stage, right? Just being able to visualize that data quicker, but also going deeper into those funnel metrics. It's getting there. I, I went down to Google yeah. itself and talked to my Google reps and they brought in a couple people because that's something that we focus on as an agency and they're working to help companies focus on downstream because they've never really done that before. They have Salesforce for AdWords, but they had an initiative like several years ago where for like e-commerce companies and, and B2C, you could figure out not just your ROI, but your return on ad spend. So, you know, there's diminishing returns as you spend more, but can they do the math for you that shows you there's more profit in general, if that's what you're interested in? They don't have that for B2B. So we were, we were talking about that because they realized that the only way to get B2B advertisers to spend more is to show them those downstream metrics and help them make decisions based on that. Yeah, yeah. And well, Google, Google is learning that. 
Good. We're working. Yeah. Then they give us a couple weeks. <laughs> then they then they switched into trying to upsell all my clients on spend, and of I was course. like, "This is why I don't come down here. This is why. That's why. Bid more, upsell. I haven't they talked to it. you in three years, and yeah, this is why. This is why." <laughs> well, let's talk about um, something else that we were talking about, like uh, before the show started, and you kind of like touched on this, right? Whenever you're going into these big meetings, right, and you've got these decision makers in the room. How do you guys approach that? I mean, I know that we were talking about it earlier, but I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, your, your general thoughts. I think you call them BBDMs. Yeah, we, uh, BBDMs are big boss decision makers. So it could be anyone from the, really it's who has the final decision and often, not always, they're very smart. They went to Harvard, but they're relatively uneducated in terms of what you're doing. Mm. Um, that's me. If I could complain for a minute yeah. and give excuses, I will. <laughs> um, but even if you're in-house somewhere, um, you know, this is an extrapolation of the choices that they can make with their budget is they need to know why. You can't just show up and do your dance of here's how SEO works. Here's how PPC works. Um, they don't care. They just need to know why. And you could show them what it will get them. Obviously, you may have some type of access to their downstream metrics. You can't promise things with different services. But you need to understand their strategy enough and where they're coming enough to say why. Now, that can be difficult because kind of just taking a 90-degree turn here, navigating bureaucracy for some of these large companies are something that we're really focused on. Uh, because we can be the best in the world at PPC. You know, we just did a um, kind of a count-wide health check and realized that the biggest problem <clears throat> we have in SEO is just navigating the client's bureaucracy to get changes made, to get access to things, to get things approved. Again, if I may make some excuses here for a minute, <laughs> we have our own problems, but in terms of getting domain expertise, that's something that we're really focused on. <clears throat> so, you know, we can be as good as another agency, but if we can actually explain to your board what's happening, explain to the BBDM the part on the Excel sheet and make them a super awesome PowerPoint, you know, that's, that's a skill that I think even in-house people can benefit from. Um, because you can have the best marketing plan in the world. I was just talking with a contact who's going to leave her company because she's tried getting a new website, new initiatives. You know, they hired her for a digital strategy and they won't do anything that she says. So she's doing nothing. And so we're working with her pitching digital initiatives to her BBDM, but she's in-house. She's not an agency. Even she has to do that. Yeah, that's a really tough one. And it's something... I didn't fully understand uh, until I met uh, Mr. Matt Umbro uh, at, at Hennepin. He's the associate director there. And yep. if you read any yep. of his blogs, his blogs, nearly 90% of them are focused on client services. And it was something that kind of like... Will Reynolds triggered. does a lot of that. Oh, Will Reynolds. Yeah, he's yeah. he's fantastic as well. He's another one of my... <laughs> like you. It was a switch, right? For me, it was like, no, but I'm like the smartest guy in Facebook and AdWords. Yep, but it's exactly. Like, but if you can't get it across the goal line, you're not a scorer. You know, like you, you need to be able to put up those points. And that was something uh, that I was able to learn from Matt and take away from Matt with my time at Hannapin. And even still now reading his blogs, it's like, oh, there is an art and science 
to client services and getting your initiatives across the goal line. Yeah, and I think for a lot of digital marketers, they wish that what they did existed in a vacuum with perfect conditions <laughs> where it was just the beautiful, the beautiful art of them in a spreadsheet. Um, but, you know, you're, everything you do is, you know, working with people. And so you need to calibrate where they're at. You need to figure out what you're, you need to figure out what you're really doing for them. You know, AdWords isn't AdWords. It's a ends to a mean. And that's where you say, you know what, maybe you shouldn't do AdWords, even if it means firing us. This isn't going to help you. Now, that never fails because they go, oh, I trust you. What else can you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you show that unlike other companies, you are there to serve them. Gotcha. Well, let's do a couple of questions before I got for you. So when you think about creating demand, when you think about generating it, um, what are some tactics that are working really well for you guys? Are, are they new ones? Are they the same ones with a twist? Uh, you know, and then we'll get into gating content versus not gating content. I always love that debate as well. Yeah, I think the big thing for us right now is audiences. Okay. So really lacing audiences kind of across different networks and getting very granular. You're seeing companies like um, Demandbase or actually AdRoll just split up into two companies, Rollworks and AdRoll. Um, so you're seeing their B2B um, uh, software coming out their platform and so getting very deep on audience targeting down to maybe even you know who this person is you know un unfortunately for Google like you look at their display network and it's kind of a joke compared to that um, and so I think that's one of the reasons why Google brought me down there other than to upsell all my clients is they're trying to figure that out because I think they realize in the B2B sp space they're just several years behind so Lacing, targeting, and then like always, just software. <laughs> getting, yeah. getting that software. And that's often, you know, like we said with ABM, you kind of need some money to get in the door for that. You're not just going to buy demand base on a lark. <laughs> but um, definitely that's the next step in terms of um, that type of targeting. Yeah, we've done, uh, so Terminus, also kind of a similar, like ABM type of solution. Yep. And yep. Um, Sangram's like, I guess now, I guess he was CMO, now he's just evangelist. But um, he said this one thing, and it's always kind of stuck with me. And he said it about a year ago, and he said, engagement is the new form fill. What are your thoughts on that? So, we're talking about gated content. Yeah. And so, I love gated content because just give me the lead. Get it in the, get it in the CRM show them to the BBDM and say, I got this lead. What is probably better, but you need more buy-in from the company, is getting the things that will show engagement on an account-based perspective. So that's things like lead forensics, kick fire, you know, whatever leads to, or you know, even Marketo notifications or something like that. If it shows that someone is on your site you know, look, I love form fills, but at that point, who cares? Hmm. You know, from an ABM perspective, bump it to your sales team, give them a call right now and let's get it done. Yeah. Why do you need to like nurture them in a funnel? So <laughs> in a sense, I love data content, but if we're actually kind of able to get as coordinated as possible in an ABM perspective, you don't need it. Yeah. I mean, in an ABM world, I already have your content. Yeah. I already have your contact, you know, I have your email, I already have your company, I have your company size. 
why do I need you to fill out this form? And so I, I like that argument around, hey, man, as long as you're seeing my ads, you're, you're interacting with my ads or you are um, interacting with my content and I know that, like, I don't need you to fill out this form. And so it was one of those, like, huh. Yeah. And I it's don't just, know, you know. <laughs> there's a lot less friction now. Like, we're working with a company and they have a really cool test where you enter your IP address and they tell you the health of all these things. And oh, they're geez. like, they're like, yeah, I don't know. We just, we're trying to do ABM, but we don't know how to do it. And I was like, dude, they just gave you their IP address. <laughs> like, you can just do reverse IP lookup right now using Kickfire. Yeah. And they're like, what does that give me? And it's like, every single piece of technographic data you'd ever want to know about this company. Wow. Wait, what? And it's like, those type of simple things. Like, you know, it used to have a gazillion things on the form field, but now it's like, well, if they have your domain, they can literally tell you everything about them and you don't even need to do that because yep. certainly you bought that data somewhere yep and if you haven't bought that data somewhere like let's sit down and figure out how ibm works together yeah especially you know integrating like messenger bots with Clearbit, and again you're using all this stuff to personalize websites and messages it's yep. that is definitely like that in my opinion the future of marketing and we're we getting more personalized in this ABM kind of way. Yeah, and, and form fills may mean something different. You know, if you use something like Drift for chat, you know, someone starts interacting with chat and that's a de facto form fill out. Now that's bumping to sales and yep. they're getting a call pretty soon. You know, Drift um, integrates with ABM pretty well. Yep. Um, there's obviously a lot of choices. I know you guys use Intercom. Intercom, yeah. Um, we're a Drift partner agency. Um, <laughs> but there's, a, there's just a lot of things that are way more top of funnel than a form fill out that you don't need because you're just looking for that type of any type of intent and the it used to be binary they filled out your gated content or they did it now with lead scoring you can get way more variables none of which have to be tremendously bottom of funnel so if someone's interacted with you 15 times for very low value things I think it's time to give them a call. Yeah, I think it's time. You know, it's like I hit your website, I saw that pricing page, I came back the next day, looked at that pricing page again, and yeah. you're like, they I mean, might be interested. <laughs> we, we do that. Yeah, we're not built out. We don't even really have a sales team. It's just I get a Slack notification if someone of interest has just gone to the website. Yeah, so That's pretty cool. You know, we, even we don't need to do gated content. You mentioned, I, I think if I could sum up our, our conversation here, we talked a lot about software, right? We talked a lot about the tools. Um, so I'm going to ask you your favorite tools for your MarTech here in a second. We also talked about different strategies with this ABM type of marketing and really understanding who the audience is that we're going after, not spending a dollar on mm -hmm. unqualified types of people. And the last one is we really went deep with like funnel metrics, like those three things. Would you say, yes, those are the three things that I see as the future for like B2B SaaS? Can we do one at a time? Yeah. <laughs> let's do what? Uh, let's do the first one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, software, right? So let's let's talk about MarTech stack. And so what are some of your favorite tools? Yeah, so the first question that I always ask people is just be honest with yourself. You know, I love Marketo. I think if you're going to do, you know, big boy ABM, something like Marketo is probably something that I would recommend almost every time. Now the problem is if you overbuy with something like Marketo, you're using it like MailChimp, but paying for Marketo. 
So, you know, we work with a lot of funded startups and they're like, um, you know, oh, don't worry, we bought Marketo because I think it's putting their big boy pants on and becoming a real company that like handles their marketing automation. And so with anything you buy, realize it's not the platform. It's the, um, the platform doesn't do the work. It's there to express your knowledge of what the work is through that platform. So kind of taking it a little off topic is I was looking at landing page builders that we would be using and um, it was between Instapage and Unbounce. And um, we chose Instapage and they brought me in to talk about the choice. And I was like, you know, like Instapage was almost so cheap as to be disqualifying in my book. I just thought I should pay for the Cadillac and realized I was making that exact same mistake. And they're like, How, what percentage of Instapage's um, capabilities would you say you're using right now then? And I was like, ooh, you got me. <laughs> it's just a platform to express what you're doing. So I recommend Marketo to anyone who's actually honest with themselves and saying, we are going to use this. I am going to develop a lot of time and education to it. For other people, maybe something easier like HubSpot. I know we talked about Autopilot, which I love. Um, and we have a lot of clients on because it's just very simple. Um, so really diving deep into that marketing automation and then clean your data in Salesforce. If you clean your data in Salesforce and get that fixed, what you can do with it, um, you have more trust in, but it also becomes more obvious. Gotcha. That makes sense? Yeah, which bleeds perfectly. So point two around, you know, thinking deeper funnel metrics, right? We see marketers are getting into CRMs now. Yeah. Right? I mean, this... I still have marketer friends that are like, I'm not touching CRMs. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that looks like. You know, what do you think of, what are your thoughts around that? Oh, yeah. No, we take over for agencies all the time that not only don't track it, but they don't want to. Yeah. Um, it brings a sort of transparency into what's, what's going on and then accountability to metrics maybe they're not interested in. Um, so, I mean, just the basics that we would do is just customize a report that goes, you know, conversions, MQLs, SQLs, or SALs, or yeah. opportunity, opportunity, revenue, and then closed one and closed one revenue. So you just make a basic waterfall or a basic funnel, and we just do it in Excel. And then you show those changes over time, and you can, you know, tab it up into different um, different sources and channels. I know it's, you guys do something similar. Yeah. Um, in a, in a much more prettier way. <laughs> uh, but I think um, the question was funnel metrics. Oh, I think one of the things that's important, even if someone's doing ABM or not, and maybe even more important if they're not doing ABM, is having the person working on the marketing and tracking the marketing that understands what sales is doing and the sales understand what marketing is doing. So this is always the kind of pushback that happens where sales doesn't talk to marketing and marketing gets leads and sales says they're not good enough, I need better leads. Marketing says these are great leads, you can't close them. Um, we had a situation where we were tracking a bunch of different goals for a client and one of the assets um, would get to MQL and then be totally qualified but none of them would convert to an opportunity. And so we were going to get fired. 
Hmm. But uh, my strategist working on the account, this is the benefit of only working with B2B companies is because he just kind of saw it immediately. was like, okay, we're looking at this waterfall. What's your follow-up on this ebook? And they're like, oh, our sales team doesn't follow up on it. They don't want to. It's too top of funnel. And I was like, okay, great. We have that out in the open. How does that affect our strategy? And it's like, if you can do that and sit across the table from them as an agency and have the domain expertise to know what they're doing, what they're accountable for, what you're doing for them, um, you know, it's just orders of magnitudes greater. Um, and if agencies aren't doing that, they'll either have to figure out how to do it soon or just focus on B2C and e-commerce. <laughs> or come to you guys, which is a perfect segue. So. Uh, let's wrap up here with, you know, what are some, you know, maybe one or two takeaways from everything that we talked about. If you could just say, this, this is what I wish you got out of this talk. And then where can people find you? Yeah, so the big thing for me, and I'm, I'm the president, so I deal a little less in the day-to-day. But the big thing for me is navigating the bureaucracies of your clients or if you're in-house of the companies that you work for. Um, again, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Um, you need to actually show what you did to who matters and get their buy-in. And that can be a really, really big differentiator between you and another agency who, who knows, could be better at you know, SEO than you, but the BBDM was like, yeah, I hated those guys. Very true. And, it happens all the time. Yeah. And again, you know, kind of like you know, the Marketo analogy, they just weren't able to express you know, how good they are in a certain discipline because they couldn't get anybody to do what they wanted. Yep. Um, and the other is to look more holistically. So, you know, I started as a PPC firm um, in two weeks. It'll be seven years ago. Uh, and really every single service that we've added has been at the request of our current clients. Hmm. And so as we've niched into more and more B2B, you know, our services grow from there. Now, there's the ever-present kind of um, Faustian bargain of how much do you serve your clients versus how much do you get outside of what you're good at. So I've always tried to kind of go late into those services just to make sure I don't screw it up or do it for free for a couple clients. Just ask for a case study. Um, if you've screwed something up for them, just toss it at them. Say you'll do it for free. <laughs> um, so those are the two things. Is um, And they're kind of outside of the tactics of LinkedIn or the tactics of AdWords. Is Know who you're talking to. Get buy-in from who matters. Don't show the PowerPoint to the you know director and all of a sudden the CMO jumps in and it's just like, what the heck? I wasn't involved. It happens all the time. <laughs> and then um, just realize where you fit in in the you know ecology of you know the 21 different vendors they have or the 30 different tech stack software rolling around three of which does the same thing <laughs> um so those are my two takeaways and then um yeah uh, www.digitalreachagency.com ben at digitalreachagency.com um love to chat all right. Well, thanks, Ben. I really appreciate your time walking us through B2B SaaS, where we are, giving us a, a great landscape of 
like not only like where we are, but like what the future could hold for agencies and for in-house teams, how to get that buy-in. So uh, I really appreciate you stopping by and uh, hanging out with us on the PPC show. For all those listening, go check it out, digitalreachagency.com. And then you can uh, email Ben at ben at digitalreachagency.com. So thanks again, man. And for all those listening, we'll see you guys next week. 